Good morning, and welcome to the month of December here on Roadmap to Heaven. It is Friday, December 1st. It's 7 a.m. You are listening to Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. So happy to be with you this day as I am each and every day. Today, because it's First Friday, we're going to be on the First Friday Reparation Team. We are going to pray our morning offering and then our prayers and reparation for sins against the sacred heart of our Lord. And don't forget, if you have gone to Mass, you've received our Lord in Holy Communion, you pray these prayers with us, you will have made your First Friday devotion. And if you're getting ready to go to Mass this morning, pray these prayers with us, go to Mass, receive our Lord in Holy Communion in a state of grace, always in a state of grace. And uh, you will have made your First Friday devotions. More on that after we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who strain far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood, we now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor, the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross, and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God, forever and ever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
You know, as we prayed that prayer this morning, I, I think of one of the things we just prayed uh, doing. We promised to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Tina Augustine's going to be with us later on to talk about how we can evangelize. Tina is with the Fellowship of Catholic University students all the way out on the West Coast. So an early morning for her this morning. We're also going to uh, hear more about the devotion we just prayed about, the devotion to the Sacred Heart on First Friday and First Saturday, devotions to the Blessed Mother and why we are called to do this work. That's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven. Before any of that, though, let's go now to my Mike Roberts for our weather and saint of the day. Today is the feast day of Blessed Charles de Foucauld, who was a martyr. Born in 1858 into a family of aristocrats in Strasbourg, France, Charles was orphaned by the age of six and raised by his grandfather, who was a colonel in the French army. Rejecting his faith in his late teens, Charles joined the army himself and after his grandfather passed away, inherited the family fortune. But he struggled with the obedience needed to be in the army. When he was assigned to Algeria, he took his mistress Mimi with him. When he refused to give her up, he was dismissed from the army but remained in Algeria. Then, when his relationship with Mimi ended, he re-enlisted. Later, when he asked for but was denied permission to do a scientific exploration of Morocco, once again, he parted ways with the army. But his exploration of the geography and culture of Algeria actually won him the prestigious gold medal from the Society of Geography in France. During his research, Charles had rediscovered his Catholic faith and in 1886 returned to France joining the Trappist monks. Eventually, he went back to Morocco to start a religious community dedicated to serving people of all faiths, but he attracted no followers and instead became a hermit. In the early 1900s, Charles lived among the Torah people in Algeria and Sahara, and slowly the Torah people began to seek him out along with others for spiritual direction. However, when World War I erupted, conflict among the local tribes developed, and he was assassinated along with two visiting French soldiers. He died on this day in 1916 and was beatified in 2005. Blessed Charles de Foucault, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Act of Faith. O oh my God, I firmly believe that Thou art one God in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that Thy divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches, because Thou hast revealed them who canst neither deceive nor be deceived. Amen. We are happy to have with us on Roadmap to Heaven Tina Augustine, who is a regional director with Focus. You know, you know, you know what I'm about to say. We've been talking about Focus. We've been talking about the Seek 24 conference. We've been talking about making missionary disciples. And Tina, we're so happy to have you with us today to talk about just evangelization and the parish life and how Focus and the MMD track can really be a great tool for us. Thank you. It's great to be here with you all. So now, like Brock, who we spoke with recently, this is what you do. You you are in parishes uh, with Focus Missionaries. You're a regional director, so you're kind of helping everybody out in your area with this. And we can't 
overstate this, I think, that when you have people in parishes, lay Catholics, getting together for small groups, for Bible studies, for just intentionally growing in their faith, amazing things can happen. And, you know, you're on the West Coast, so I'm curious, what are you seeing out there in the parishes where focus is in the parish and these small groups, these Bible studies are happening? So I arrived at my parish about two years ago. I'm in the Bay Area, so in between San Francisco and San Jose. Um, And up until this year, Focus has had a very small presence, actually, in this area. I was the first missionary in our diocese. And so coming to our parish, no one had heard of Focus, which was really, uh, it was really refreshing because it was like, all right, Lord, I just get to go be a missionary to these people in my parish, get to share with them um, what you desire, which is that they become disciples, that their hearts come on fire and have a great and yearning call to follow you, to make you the center of their life. And so where we are, we are right in the the middle of all these big tech companies out here. We've got people in medicine. So in one of my Bible studies, I have three doctors who all work at Stanford, women who are amazing in their field, really amazing in their field. Um, And it's just so cool to get to be here as a missionary and really enter into people's lives in, I would just say the messiness of everyday life. Um, I think there's not a lot of things that allow you to do that. Uh, church is obviously one of those places that you can get to know people, have those relationships, but particularly this Bible study setting has really opened the door for the friendship of these women, first of all, to grow and just to have this community of women that they're meeting on a regular basis, um, but also just a really deep invitation for each of them to come to know the Lord. And um, it's been really beautiful to see that transformation happen here over the last few years. I love talking about transformations and, and how when we're able to be somewhere for quite a while, we can really see the, the broad view of that transformation. I think of the season of life I'm in now where, you know, married 14 years, kids are everywhere from kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade, getting ready for high school. And uh, I think back to when I was in my 20s and I knew everything. You know, I was working in youth ministry. I knew how to I knew how to approach youth and have those conversations. Then I started working in parish ministry. And well, you know me, I'm the expert. I I work for the the church here. And now that I've reached this middle age season of life, I look back at the folly of that and I say, Wow, I really didn't know as much as I thought I did. And I'm really <laughs> glad to know the things I know now and to have had the people that have taught me those things and said, okay, kids, slow down here and pay attention to what we're about to tell you. And I say all of that because I, I'd love to ask you this. As you've gone through trainings to become a focused missionary, as you have given trainings, and as you go out into these parishes and help train lay members, these very same men and women that you were just speaking about, uh, what are those things you've learned over the years that maybe you didn't know when you got started, but you're really glad that Focus gave you the training and the uh, tools you need to approach evangelization in the parish? Yeah, absolutely. My experience with Focus has been um, really unique. I have 11 years now as a missionary, and I've spent the middle part of that five years in Europe. My husband and I started the mission in Europe. So we really, in a lot of ways, had to take um, the mission that we knew of an American college campus and translate that to a European college, which was totally different. They don't have campuses like they do in the US, at least where we were in Austria and Germany. Um, There's no sense of living in like 
on campus housing and they don't have sporting teams on college campuses. So it's like, what do these people like to do for fun on the weekends? They're not going to sports games because there's no college sports to follow or there's not this or that. So for us, it really was taking the mission, which is the heart of in friendship, really, you know, forming these relationships with people and in friendship, desiring to share the gospel with them, but really sharing ourselves. So that's what we did when we were um, in Europe for those five years, um, when we were establishing what it would look like there, it, it became very simple, which was really beautiful. Cause I think in many ways, the first apostles, like they weren't programmatic at all. They were just going and meeting people and having meals with them and loving them in a ways that was changing their lives. They lived in community. We see this in Acts 2, the first apostles, how they lived in community. They prayed, they shared in the mass, the breaking of the bread, they lived in fellowship and, and they adhered to the apostles teaching. Um, and so in, in many ways, our mission felt like that. So I think we've been able to take what we've learned from focus through our training and kind of adapt it culturally, which I would say is the same adaptation that we've had to take for the parish life. Um, because the parish life is not a college campus. You don't, you're not running into people. People don't have endless, you know, afternoon time for free. People have a lot less time. Um, they're always running off. And if they're busy raising kids or taking care of their own parents, there's just a different stage of people's time and their freedom to, you know, to gather, to meet, to come to something. So I think we've taken that same adaptation of, this is what we know how to do and how do we adapt it to people's lives culturally, um, where you are and where people are. It, it makes me think of a uh, focus missionary I met at a campus here in Missouri who went up and down Greek row with boxes of pizza and was just handing <laughs> out f- slices of pizza and inviting students to Bible study. And it's like, yeah, that's not something you can do uh, at a parish because most of the time, if you just showed up with boxes of pizza, either everyone's gone out into their homes and into their jobs and, and back to their to where they're from to go out and live the faith, or they're going to look at you and say, hey, it's it, it's 8.30 in the morning. We just got a, out of morning mass. I mean, I'll, I'll take a bagel, but but not a pizza here. Um, exactly. But, but at the root of that is this, this great quote uh, I ran across earlier today from St. Teresa of Avila, what a great favor God does to those he places in the company of good people. And, you know, you're hitting the nail on the head. Every great moment I look back at uh, my life in ministry, whether I was involved in doing the ministry or a recipient of, there's usually just been that fellowship, that invitation, that call to be together, to be in relationship with one another. And, uh, you know, right now, my men's group, a lot of the time, it, it also centers around a game of cards, not because the cards are important, but... We enjoy yeah. playing cards, and then we end up staying for two hours afterwards, praying and having conversation. And if that's the vehicle the Holy Spirit wants to use to, to help us out, I'm going to take it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of desire um, for people who are growing in their faith. They want to have a lot of knowledge, a lot of head knowledge. You know, they want to learn more about the church. But there's this reality that if people are just coming and all they're coming to do is just fill their head knowledge. You can come to a 10-week class at your parish, and you can sit through a lecture series, and you can really never know the other people in that class. It can it can be, you know, just a class like you come to, to learn and study. It, it doesn't have to, that could be an experience where it's really not transformative. But I think the hinge point is how do we make those experiences transformative? How do we make those gathering experiences, especially when people have a desire to know and to grow in their faith, how do we make that where they're actually growing in community too? Because both of those together are what are going to propel us forward and keep us engaged. Yeah. And that's the great thing about this Making Missionary Disciples track at Seek 24 that we've been sharing about here on Roadmap to Heaven and, and with our listeners throughout the day is that you're, you're not 
going to get one or the other. You're going to get some head knowledge. You're going to get some head knowledge mm-hmm. on here's how to approach these situations so you're not awkward like Adam just suggested, walking around after 8 o'clock mass with boxes of pizza at your parish. <laughs> you know, they're going to give us all the tips we need and, and the teaching we need to go out and do this. But at the same time, the whole conference is going to be a great opportunity for heart to speak to heart, for our Lord's heart to speak to our hearts, both individually and collectively gathered, I think, especially of that that Wednesday night period of adoration of the daily masses, uh, those opportunities for prayer at the heart of the seat conference. And uh, it's, it's the best of both. It's the head knowledge that we need to be able to go out and live as missionary disciples, but also the heart knowledge we need to fall deeper in love with our Lord and give us that that energy to send us out, that purpose to send us out and evangelize. Because once we have that encounter, Tina, how could we just keep it to ourselves? I think we're going to be like everyone in the Gospels, like, come see Jesus, come This guy just did this thing for me and I can't hold it in. It's so true. Yeah. When we're allowing ourselves just the space and the time, um, the Lord, the Lord is there. He's like, I've been waiting for you to come. So yeah, he's, he's ready to work in profound ways. Yeah. Well, every time we've been talking about Seek in the MMD track, I, I think back to when I was a kid watching LeVar Burton stare into the camera at the end of Reading Rainbow and say, you know, we got some great books for you, but you don't have to take my word for it. And Tina, uh, same thing. Seek 24 is going to be great. The Making Missionary Discipleship track is going to be great, but you don't have to take my word for it because Tina just shared it with us uh, once again. Seek.focus.org slash MMD for more information specifically on that track. If you know a college student that you'd like to see go to Seek, there's still time for the college students to register. There's still time for us to register. All of the information you could ever want. Seek.focus.org. Tina, uh, we can't thank you enough for getting up early to be with us on the show this morning from out in California. Uh, We look forward to having Focus join us in just a few short weeks here in St. Louis for this great opportunity. Thank you so much, Adam. Yeah, take care. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven, but there's more after this. Prayer in a time of waiting. All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice, instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Well, this has been another week I've been grateful for here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and we are hopefully going to carry that gratitude beyond this week because all week long, Patty has been sharing with us encouragements on being grateful after Thanksgiving. Well, just throughout the whole year and becoming a person of gratitude each and every day. And as we wrap up this week, specifically talking about gratitude, I want to say that this final idea I'm about to share, I have actually never done for someone in my life yet, but I want to. I have been on the receiving end, and I have witnessed my father receive this gift of gratitude, and I can only tell you it's very moving. Here's what I mean. Many years ago, I taught at an all-boys private independent school 
Some of my students would now be in their 40s, their mid-40s. And out of the blue, a few years ago, I received a letter from a former student of mine who currently resides outside of New York City, thanking me for the impact I had on his life. And in particular, thanking me for one day in which I helped him get through a freshman crisis. He was taking an inventory of his adult life, going through memories and working towards healing. As part of this process, he decided to write me a letter of gratitude. It was beautiful. My cousin did the same thing out of the blue one day, wrote a letter to my dad and other family members who have had a positive influence in his life. My dad was so touched by this letter that he received, he shared it with us, and we all cried as we read it. Like I said, I want to do this in my life. I want to randomly write a letter of thanks to the teacher who inspired me to become a teacher, and she doesn't even know it. I want to write a letter to the people that have been so good to me in my life, who have been my heroes, who inspire me with their holiness. Let's do this, shall we? Let's tell the people we love in a letter why we love them. Let's surprise someone from our past and thank them for their influence. If letter writing isn't your thing, maybe send some flowers or bake some cookies or do something random to show your gratitude. And again, I'm challenging myself to do this, but it's such a beautiful thing. I've seen it firsthand how moving it is to receive it. So I want to make sure that I do that for someone in my life. And maybe you can too. What a wonderful day it would be to take Patty's lesson and write a letter of gratitude to someone in our lives. Thank you for this week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And as always, if you'd like to share these encouragements, be sure to visit OurCatholicRadio.org or check out the Daily Dose of Encouragement on your favorite podcast player. Well, we have a little extra time this morning by design. Uh, So let's give it to our Lord and his sacred heart, and let's give it to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And I'd love to share this prayer with you. It's a beautiful prayer, the salutation to the heart of Jesus and Mary, a great prayer to just, you know, maybe put somewhere in your home or in your office. And every day, it's brief enough that you can put it up on the wall somewhere or next to the mirror in the bathroom before you do your morning routine of brushing your teeth and your hair, maybe pray or brush your hair and your teeth so you look your best when you pray, but offer this prayer to them. It's a a very simple one. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail, heart most holy. Hail, heart most meek. Hail, heart most humble. Hail, heart most pure. Hail, heart most devout. Hail, heart most wise. Hail, heart most patient. Hail, heart most obedient. Hail, heart most vigilant. Hail, heart most faithful. Hail, heart most blessed. Hail, heart most merciful. Hail, most loving heart of Jesus and Mary. Thee we adore, thee we praise, thee we glorify. To thee do we give thanks, thee we love, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. To thee we offer our heart, we give it, we consecrate it, we immolate it, accept and possess it entirely, and purify it, and illuminate it, and sanctify it, that in thou that in it thou may live and reign, both now and forever, and in the ages of ages. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of 
the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't you just love these prayers? I mean, again, this is the kind of thing that think about where you go every day in your home, maybe in your office, uh, maybe if you teach, if you're in a classroom, have that in a classroom. Uh, I used to tell the students when I worked back in youth ministry, put something like this in the inside of your locker. You know, something you can pray very quickly when you're putting your books away and then getting ready to go to lunch or activity period or whatever it may be. It just takes seconds to pray that prayer. And what are those little prayers we can take around with us? You know, uh, I I love praying the Hail Mary. It's a great prayer as, as we get ready to do a recording, as we get ready to have a meeting, as we get ready to do an interview, as we get ready to do the show. We, we're always going to the Blessed Mother asking her to pray for us while we do whatever it is we're doing that we would uh, get out of Jesus's way and, and we would endeavor to do God's will. You know, uh, I love these little prayers because the more I pray these, the easier it is to then be in that conversation with God. When I, whether it's at the Adoration Chapel or in, in church before or after Mass or, or just in the comfort of my home or here in the office if I take a, a break for prayer, these little prayers, they're like lights guiding us along the way. I, I recently went to my doctor's office, and they've had a, a couple new doctors join the practice. They've expanded a little bit. And I suppose people were having trouble finding their way out of the exam room and then back to the waiting room so you could leave. So they put these little arrows on the floor. They're, they're just taped down to the floor. They're, they're glued. I don't know how they fix them to the floor, but they're perfect. They're little arrows. And if you just follow the arrows, you'll be going in the right way at the end of your appointment. Well, these little prayers throughout the day are like the arrows that, that take us to the right way. They keep our focus on Jesus. They keep our focus on the Father. They keep our focus on the Holy Spirit. And you know who's like an arrow? Pointing the way, every step of the way, if you go to her, the Blessed Mother. She is uh, the most beautiful, radiant arrow. In fact, I love that title for Mary, Star of the Sea. Uh, deep down in my heart of hearts, I like to romanticize that I, one day I'm going to be a sailor. One day I'm going to have a boat. One day I'm going to go out and sail. I, I've been sailing once. It was incredible. I love being on the water. And, uh, you know, as a musician who likes to sing songs about sailing since I can't go sailing, you know how important that northern star is to guide you and, and how many great sea shanties and whatnot over the years talk about following the, the light of that northern star. Well, our blessed mother is the star of the sea. Ave Maristella, hail star of the sea. She is that arrow pointing us towards her son towards the Father, towards the Holy Spirit, the triune God. So let's honor her tomorrow with First Saturday. Let's honor Jesus today with our First Friday devotion. And, you know, what we haven't talked about today, we've been talking about it all week, Advent starts Sunday. So what are you doing for Advent? How are you going to make this season of preparation a little different? Father Wade said the other day, it's like a little Lent. We can incorporate some of that into what we do. Let's be intentional in our prayer. Let's be intentional in our acts of service. I love that idea we got the other day about the Advent calendar. Instead of chocolates behind the doors like the secular world does, let's open the calendar and have works of mercy to go do each day of Advent. Advent. Let's open the doors and have little scripture passages to reflect upon. Let's do both. Why not? We've got time. We've got the ability to do it. Let's go. And let's give thanks uh, for today and for this show in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. 
pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. We're going to be back with you next week where we will continue reflecting not only upon Advent, but there's so much to help us grow in holiness out there. We're, we're drawing near the end of the year, so we've got some stuff we want to fit in. Plus, we're going to keep talking about Focus and the Seat Conference. Why? Because it's important, and, well, we hope to see you there. So we said it earlier. Say it again. Seek focus.org whether you can come for the full week one day uh, for those of you in the Archdiocese of St. Louis invited to adoration on Wednesday night you know we want to see you there we're going to be there on Mission Way we're going to have a lot of fun at our booth and the fun is just you know that's just tangential that's like, that's the icing on the cake friends because the real thing here is the time we're going to spend that week growing closer to our Lord seek.focus.org check it out today. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.